Welcome to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. I'm Aaron Sorrells. And I'm Brian Atkinson. Today our guest is David Steves. David Steves is a comedian based in Kalamazoo, Michigan, a veteran of the United States Army, and a single dad. And we're going to talk to him about the good, the bad, and the funny. I love being a single dad, so I have two beautiful daughters. I will tell them that's not good enough, no claps, okay? So no, I, I love having these daughters. <laughs> and uh, so I thought I was aging gracefully. And so we're playing grocery store with my daughters, and um, I was having them check out the goods, and they had like a little fake debit card. And I was like, that was one of the $37. And my oldest daughter, Addie, leaned across, and right here in this pronounced wrinkle on my forehead, she took the debit card away. <laughs> Yeah, she's awesome. <laughs> oh, David, it is so good to have you on the show. Here, here, David. I am looking forward to chatting, catching up. We haven't seen each other in a minute. Absolutely. Yes, gentlemen. Thank you both for having me on. We got Brian, who is the greatest voice here in Grand Rapids Comedy. And of course, Aaron, who's always been one of my longtime favorites. So it's a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. See, this is the thing that we like about David Steves. He's one of the nicest, smiliest, happiest uh, comics that you ever get a chance to meet. Uh, and so yeah, I don't think you'd find anybody to argue that. Nope. <laughs> nope. He, that, your he's just your a, reputation precedes you. Yeah. Sweetheart oh, of the guy. Wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> well, and um, I've followed you around a little bit when we um, used to go down to the the old M89. Uh, yeah. You had that open mic that you were running for a while there. And um, now you're working with a real great group of guys uh, and, and women, uh, the Demented Peach group there uh, producing shows. Yeah, absolutely. Love being a part of Demented Peach. So I'm one of the founding uh, co-fathers of, of the group with uh, Demi, John, and of course, Carl. And yep. then I really do miss the M89, Brian. They still have your thank you card. Um, they, they took it down, but they kept it. They kept it. I talked to Danny about that. He kept it. And uh, that was just a fun room because, I mean, I only got that room about six months into comedy. And, uh, you know, Danny and I were good friends from a place that we used to work at together and um, wanted to do wanted to bring something in during the week where he didn't have bands going on. And so comedy was the solution for that. And we ran uh, one of the better rooms like we would pack it out to. to 30 to 40 people just for an open mic. So for I really sure. missed that. Oh, uh, yeah. I remember, I remember coming down there for an open mic one time, David, and I got there about 45 minutes before showtime and the room was packed and everybody's seats were facing the stage 45 minutes before an open mic. I'm like, Whoa, this is, <laughs> this is, weird. This is special. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, loved yeah. it. Missed that room, but we, you know, with Demented Peach, we've been able to go out and uh, secure some more rooms too, so that comics have a place to stretch their legs and have a place to run new material. Because, as both of you know, that's so incredibly important in what we do. Yep, Super I just important. just did a Demented Peach open mic in Ada this past weekend, um, and it was a brand new first time uh, at that uh, location, the Garage Bar in Ada. And mm-hmm. you know, uh, with open mics, you can never tell. Uh, did the promotions do enough? Did people know about it? Were they there for the comedy? Were they there to socialize with their friends? And so you always get a real mixed bag. But, uh, you know, I think that room's got some real potential. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever you're first starting a room and, and you both know this, uh, but for the listeners, when you first start a room, you know, the promotion is so incredible, but getting comics from all over the state to come out and support that. And that's where I think, you know, Grand Rapids comedy, Kalamazoo comedy, Lansing comedy do really nice job of, uh, you know, 
road tripping and getting out there and, and getting all different types of looks. Cause that's what builds a room's reputation. And then after, once you build that reputation, the, uh, you know, the, the, the folks will come in after that. Yeah. So, you know, you, you run some rooms, you, you mentioned that that was just about six months after started comedy. So uh, how did you get started? Cause it's, you've got to be uh three, four years in now. Is that about right? Yeah, I just hit my four-year uh, anniversary of comedy in Jan- this previous January. So, yeah, I started mm-hmm. in 2018. Um, so it's been four years. And mm-hmm. um, I've been, you know, when I went through a divorce, and, and divorce is hard on everybody. Yeah. Um, but I, I really don't have any family members inside the state of Michigan except for, you know, my work family and then my two beautiful daughters. Um, so I just – I saw one of my friends, uh, Barton James. I know both of you have shared the stage with mm-hmm. him. Yeah. Uh, he and I were friends with Team RWB, which is Team Red, White, and Blue, which is a veterans organization. So he and I both oh. uh, belong to that. And then I saw him do the funniest person in Grand Rapids back there in 2018, in the beginning of January. And I saw people on stage like Louis D. Michael, and mm. I saw Mike Logan, and you know, Bart got up there, and I was like, I was just in awe. I've always been a big fan of comedy, but I was like, man, this is incredible. The room is packed. Uh, they didn't talk about the open mics. Um, and how hard those would be, but, (laughs) (laughs) but Barton said, you know, Hey David, you know, you tell funny stories around the campfire. Why don't you do it on stage? I'm like, well, those are two very different skill sets, but you know, he said, Hey, why don't you, why don't you go ahead and try it out? And so I I did my first open mic at Harvey's uh, on the mall down in downtown Kalamazoo. Team upstairs. (laughs) Team upstairs. Uh, That's no longer there. Unfortunately, Uh, COVID is. Yeah, a lot of these places, people are going to be looking up and like, ah, gosh darn. (laughs) Um, But once I got that first real laugh from the crowd, I was hooked. Yeah, I'm Um, sure. And so when I went through my divorce, you know, I only had my kids half the time that I had them previously. And um, I was like, I'm going to dedicate some time, you know, to uh, getting my creative side out there. Probably should have gone to the gym more. Um, (laughs) That's fine. Right. We all have creative outlets. Um, but once I started writing and, and just writing down my observations and telling stories from my past, I, I found a connection with the audience. And once you get that real and, and you two probably feel the same way, once you get that first real laugh um, is just you're chasing that laugh and you mm-hmm. just want people to laugh. You want people to have fun, you know, really get in charge of, of those shows. And so uh, it's been a wild ride in that four years. You know, I never thought it would grow to this level, but I'm happy that it did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're uh, all three of us are kind of uh, in the same uh, time frame. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I I started the uh, day before Thanksgiving, um, twenty seventeen, and okay. then and then Aaron and I met on his first night, which was the uh, Gilda's Laugh Fest uh, first timer showcase, which was uh, four years ago yesterday march no today 13th wow uh, i've got it yeah. in my calendar i think it's today i think it's today say or tomorrow it's it's near, it's around yeah. here and yeah. i don't know approximately don't know. march you know yeah. it was mid-march. Yeah. It was, yeah. you know whatever laugh fest is yeah um and since then i mean aaron's uh you know grown and, and developed his whole unemployed alcoholic persona and um, the recovery showcase is part of laugh fest now as a, as a staple and doing that again this year. That's uh, wonderful. 
Now, yeah. by the time this drops, uh, that will have happened already, so we're not going to promote that anymore. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But... It was the greatest show ever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Oh, yeah. Get tickets <laughs> for next year. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you kind of covered the how long and the how you got started, but also kind of the why, uh, letting your creative side out. It, and so now I have to ask, uh, as an Army veteran, a veteran of the United States Army, you're not not just the Army, but a Ranger. No. No. What am I thinking? Airborne. You jumped yes, out of planes. Yes. <laughs> I, I jumped out of planes five times, okay. um, which is affectionately called a five jump chump. If anybody here is on the military listening to that, I have to say that. That's a disclaimer. Um, but yeah, so I jumped out five times. Every single one of them was a night jump because oh I kept my eyes closed because it's scary. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> no, but I mean, the landing is, woo, that was harder than I than I expected. I was uh, much lighter back then. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I got to do some fun things in the army. I was deployed twice. And, uh, you know, during deployments, especially when you're a leader. Um, so I led convoys, uh, over 250 convoys in Iraq and over 250 convoys actually in Afghanistan as well, uh, combat missions. And so over 500 uh, total uh, missions and movements. And, um, you know, there's a lot of drowsy, drowsy days. There's a lot of days where just you didn't do anything right or nothing went right. Or, you know, you, you got, you know, you got hit with something. And so um, I, I think the biggest part of that is is keeping a fresh set of eyes and keeping the laughter going. And I know the military is known for kind of their dark humor a little bit, mm -hmm. um, but uh, you know, just keeping it fresh, keeping it light. I mean, that's we, all we had was, was each other. And so uh, it's funny because when I first started doing comedy, I asked my mom, I was like, you know, did you think I would ever get into comedy or something like this? Because I started much later in my life, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I'm, I'm actually glad I did because I got to do a lot of speech and public speaking through corporate events. So that helps with the stage presence and it For helps sure. with your storytelling. And so I, I didn't go through the ups and downs that a lot of comics go through finding the voice. I knew I had my voice. Mm -hmm. um, and I asked my mom, I was like, do you ever see me doing this? And she's like, David, you've been doing this since you were a kid. Like you've always <laughs> been, the out, you know, you've always been the outlandish one. You've always been the one poking fun and making fun of stuff. And actually I got bullied a lot as a kid. Mm. And I remember I got into a lot of fights um, and my parents sat me down cause I got kicked off the bus a couple of times. And this is, I know you started this off with, this is the friendliest guy in Michigan, is. right? <laughs> this is. Is. But you had to learn it somewhere. <laughs> right, right. No. And so, um, you know, my parents were like, Hey, you can't fight your way through life. Like that's no. not, and they're like, you need to get into wrestling if you need that creative outlet. Um, but then, so like when people made fun of me, like I got held back uh, in the second grade, right? So then I got made fun of for being stupid. And then my brother is deaf. So I got made fun of for having a deaf brother. And my parents were like, you can't punch everybody in the face that makes fun of, that makes fun of you. And so I, you know, coming from New York, I learned how to have a pretty sharp tongue. And that's where kind of the juices started flowing, where I started poking fun. And like if a kid was bigger than me and I couldn't get him to stop talking, I would just I would poke a little fun at some of their insecurities, which is a great thing to do. And I wouldn't I wouldn't tell my kids to do that. But that was my coping mechanism because I couldn't, you know, so there was so it started at a young age making fun of other kids, which sounds awful. It was a live roast battle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, they didn't know it was, but yeah. Right, right. Yeah. They weren't prepared. <laughs> well, I remember a parent came to the bus stop because I, I guess I took it a step too far and made their child cry. Oh. And then the, the parent came up to me and started yelling at me. And then I started saying all the things that they've done to me. 
Oh. And then they stopped and they were like, is that true? And they looked at their daughter and she was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. It was even another guy, right? Yeah, I was so hoping that story ended with you making the parents cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she got a little misty eyed, got a little misty eyed. Because oh. um, yeah. it went from, you know, rage to, oh my gosh, you know, my, you know, my kid is also not innocent in this right there's two sides to every story and the truth lies somewhere in the middle so sure. but yeah so that's how it really started back in the day and uh you know that parent apologized and um we made up and that was that for that but that's where i really got my start you know i think a lot of people in comedy um have had traumatic life experiences especially as a kid or you know growing up different than everybody else and that's always yeah. pointed out picked on and so you have to one develop really thick skin, and then two you have to develop your coping mechanism with it. And after I told I after I was told I could have fight my way through through life, uh, yeah, two deployments, dad lied. Yeah, um, right. <laughs> right. And uh, that's so, how you met your ex wife. So that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's I mean it, it's been it's been kind of crazy, you know, how, what we utilize to to cope and, and what we do. And uh, I'm just glad I'm glad I got into comedy a little bit later in life because there is a there is a a, a personal grind to comedy. And so, you know, especially having daughters and being a single dad and having a separate career. Cause I know, you know, um, you go through that as well, Brian mm -hmm. and, uh, Aaron, this is your career. You lucky duck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Um, and so, but, but having to balance this, you know, with, with a career and balancing it with, with your dad time, it's, it's, it's tough. And, you know, it's held, it's held me back in some bookings. Cause I just, I'm not ready to give up some of that time with my kids yet because they yeah. still think I'm cool. Yeah. So I'm going to ride that wave. Until for sure. yeah. and, and you can uh, take the kids camping when you get a chance. So I love taking my kids camping because I think we're setting the bar entirely too low for single dads. Yeah, because camping is the only time you can drink before noon, <laughs> eat s'mores and hot dogs all weekend, let your kids play with fire, and everyone's like, he's such a good dad. <laughs> <laughs> So here's my confession. Um, my brother-in-law came from Pennsylvania to visit and took, he's got three boys and took them all camping um, in the Muskegon area, um, oh, the nice. state park and everything. They had a great time and we took him to Michigan adventure and you know, stuff like that. But uh, when he was, uh, sitting there at the campsite and I was looking at them at the campsite. I had seen your, uh, a show of yours recently. It was probably an M 89 or something. And I remembered that bit and I totally <laughs> ripped it off <laughs> <laughs> and told him, it's like, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody around here is just looking at you going, you know, and I rattled <laughs> off the, the things that you get to do and stuff like that, you know, and, eat nothing but hot dogs and s'mores all day and he's such a good dad <laughs> and, um, yeah how do you like it yeah, I like no, it. No, he, yeah he laughed he laughed uh and uh and it's it's been a few years and i'm trying to think did i give you attribution or did i just steal it in the moment you did it I on the podcast so that's good <laughs> yeah so uh you know in case anybody was at that campsite that's listening to this uh i i should have given appropriate attribution to david steves if i didn't i might have done so <laughs> yeah try maybe, not maybe at that. least shared his cash app or something yeah <laughs> yeah i owe you a s'more that's what it is hey um, i'm down with that man yeah, cool, right? <laughs> now you said a couple of things that i want to touch back on um one is that uh 
you you said that you were a smaller guy than you are now. You're not particularly tall, but you're in the chubby guy mafia. I am. Yeah, I'm the and proud. The, I'm the proud owner of the chubby guy mafia yeah. shirts. I've got a sticker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we got to upgrade that sticker, Brian. <laughs> oh, I guess so. Yeah, uh, I've been upgrading my chubby guy ness myself. You know, for the last couple of years, pretty successfully. So I think I'm I'm ready to apply. Um, I love it. <laughs> now, so where did that come from? I mean, you know, you, you had a moment and you just thought, oh yeah, I just need to make something of that. How did, how did that work out for you? Yeah, so it's pretty funny. It was actually my first competition, uh, which was the Sunday Night Funnies. And um, I didn't know how competitions worked. And again, this is just <laughs> after I started the room at M89. Mm-hmm. And so it was my first time on stage without notes. And oh. so, you know, I kind of joke about how I was a different body type than, you know, your usual airborne soldier. So it stems back to that. And a joke about, you know, how, you know, I look like a meteor coming out of the sky and, you know, <laughs> things like that. Um, and then I give the example of what a prototypical airborne soldier looks like, right? Like an exclamation point with wide shoulders, a thin waist and two, you know, two feet at the bottom, make the, make the point on the exclamation point. I'm more like a parentheses period parentheses. Right. <laughs> and so I start off with that. And so I got going and then, um, I actually advanced and that was a really stacked lineup and I was, I was shocked on how it worked. And so Brian B who runs the Sunday night funnies came up to me and he was like, Hey, no offense, but who are you? <laughs> I'm like, well, I'm, I'm David from Kalamazoo, right? And he's like, I mean, don't. He's like, and he was trying to be as super nice as you yes, can about and it. He and is. Be, being an experienced booker that he is, right? And so he's like, I've just, I've never heard of you. Typically in these things, I can pick out who advances. He's like, how many people did you bring? You know, there's oh, 70 yeah. people there. I brought three. Mm-hmm. I was like, I had three coworkers show up and he was just like, you're just that chubby guy at the bonfire that everybody loves. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, Ooh, there's something to that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So I should probably give him a little bit more credit yeah. uh, when it comes to the chubby guy. And then of course, being from New York and being a huge fan of the Sopranos, I was like, Oh yeah. Chubby guy mafia. Let's go. With that. <laughs> yeah. And then my mom was like, what if the real mafia finds out? David? I'm like, I, I think they're okay with it. <laughs> hey, you, you'll get a pass. <laughs> yeah. I hope so. I'm like, here's some free shirts. Right. Um, <laughs> they're, they're like, uh, the mafia yeah. is the chubby guy mafia. <laughs> right. like, Give me one of those shirts. Yes, sir. Yeah. Does that come in three X. Yeah, <laughs> I had to do a special order, so I, I got a little. So I, I do, I do bring these with me, right? So I do, yeah. I, I sell mostly XL and two XL. Mm-hmm. I did get a couple of requests for three X, but I have to special order those. Yeah. Uh, believe it or not, people, you know, a chubby guy mafia. It's a lifestyle that it's not just a size, no. right? So nice. You at McDonald's today? That's chubby guy mafia stuff. Yes, right? uh, <laughs> it's it's a lifestyle. Uh, yeah, it's we're, a lifestyle, not a size. We're recording this the day after. Um, March 14 or pie day. And, uh, yes. <laughs> I made pie and I had pie with lunch and, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm doing my best to keep up that end. There um, you go. <laughs> yeah. Now, uh, another thing is it, you mentioned your mom a couple of times. Um, yes. uh, so I'm, it, your, your mom, is she in New York or is she, is she local or where, where does your mom hail from? Yeah, so my so my mom and dad hail from uh, New York, uh, which is where I was born and raised, and um, they spend half the time in Florida and the other half in in New York. So okay, um, now New yeah. York State, 
New York. Upstate New York. Yeah. Upstate. Okay. All right, <laughs> I got to be very careful because people are like, this guy doesn't have an accent at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So upstate New York. So uh, just north of Albany uh, and a, a, near it. So it's called Balsam Lake, but near a town called Saratoga, which is probably the most identifiable spot for go. anybody who's yeah. traveling from outside of, of New York State. Right. Yeah. So I know you're a Mets fan. Huge Mets. I'm wearing yeah. a Mets shirt right now. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, you know, we're celebrating because baseball's back. We're yes. at my house. We're very excited uh, about that. Uh, those who know me, uh, you know, Cubs stuff like crazy, and we'll be very excited about that. Um, so, but uh, then, what? Like Buffalo Bills or Giants or where? Where do you go for football? Yeah. So this is where it gets a little crazy in my oh. fandom. Okay. Um, because I had the opportunity, right, to cheer for any of the good teams in New York. Um, <laughs> but I chose the Miami Dolphins. And that <laughs> has not paid off very well for me. I was a big Dan Marino fan yeah, when I was go. a kid. Uh, so I was like, yeah, you know, especially in the early 90s, going against the grain, against the Buffalo Bills, when yeah. they were the team. Yeah. That was fun. The team um, that could never <laughs> really put it together. <laughs> yeah but i'm excited for um for baseball for you brian because mm-hmm. you got one of the better pictures pictures i thought in an acquisition from a free agency in december 1st right before they went to shut down you have the stroh show and i'm yeah i was a i was always a big marcus stroman fan mm-hmm. um huge fan of him he's from long island you know big new yorker uh, i was really sad to see him go but i think he's gonna do some great things for yeah. the cubbies yeah we're very excited uh they've been um posting pictures of him uh warming up and uh throwing with his new catcher and stuff like that to uh make sure that we as the fans know who he is and learn to love him and uh, you know, buy his jersey. And yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He, he is an eccentric personality that just brings so much life to baseball. And that's yeah. what I love about him. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, and then um, you also mentioned that uh, you have a brother who is deaf. Is he yeah. older or younger? Yeah. My brother is five years older than I am. Okay. Um, yeah. And so uh, he just, was it one of the other people picking on you and beat the snot out of you every day or <laughs> no, uh, my brother and I have thrown down, but he, uh, so he, he was the athletic one in the family. He's very tall, slender, uh, good at sports. Um, there's a, you know, a lot that defines us there, but like he, he did a lot of sports in high school cause he went to an all deaf school. Mm-hmm. And so really during our childhood, um, so I was with him a lot when I was younger, but then when we moved away from where the deaf school was, he still continued to commute to the deaf school. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like, um, every week he would leave on Monday morning and not come back till Friday afternoon. Oh. So we missed him throughout the week. And so he and I were really close. Like we love baseball. We love playing catch. We, you know, baseball cards are really big back then in the nineties and eighties. And we did a lot with that. So he and I grew up really close, more tight knit than I think, um, that than most brothers, just because, you know, I always had to interpret for him or I always had to be there for him. And I just, I love the relationship that we built. I have a sister to cool too. She's cool. Um, <laughs> special about her. I know she's a math teacher. Like she loves well, Pi Day. Well, there you go. As irrational as it is, we appreciate that. Uh, well, so she got upset your... when I was playing some of my clips because I had the jokes about my brother because they're a little bit funnier because you're you know you're you're, you're showing the life from it from a different point of view. And yeah. She's like, you don't have any jokes about me. I was like, I didn't really like you as a kid. So I don't <laughs> <know>. <laughs> really, where you want me to go with this, Missy? <laughs> 
You're like, no. I'll shout you out on a podcast someday. You <laughs> might not like it. But... <laughs> uh, hey, Missy Steves, uh, thanks, thanks for teaching math. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Uh, now, is your whole family um, ASL fluent then, or is that a struggle at all? Yeah, so this may get us in trouble with the deaf community. Um, okay, so back in the go. 80s, ASL wasn't rampant, right? And so ASL really came up. It was around, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, a lot of the teachers at the deaf school told us to do signed English. Oh, so okay. because the sentence structure is different in ASL, it's yes. more like a foreign language. Mm -hmm. um, where signed English, you would sign as you would speak mm -hmm. um, in the English language. So... I, I don't know it as well as I used to, which is unfortunate with my brother being so far away. Yeah. Um, but he still, I mean, we could still communicate, still understands. He uses ASL and I'll catch a couple of things here and there. And then he'll bounce in and out of ASL and signed English. But my family did learn, like my sister, uh, my mom, myself, my dad's okay at it. Like I hope he, <laughs> I mean, he, he worked a lot. It was right. Yeah. It's hard. So, sure. I mean, he, he could, he could get through, but like, the one nice thing, the one cool thing is that like on a Friday, we'd always, he'd come back. We'd always have Friday pizza and we would just sit around and we would all sign around the, the, you know, the dinner table. There was no talking. It was just signing. And it was really cool because we had missed them for so long, you mm. know, and then we finally get them back. So, oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. great. Well, well, David, uh, just to put your mind at ease, because uh, you had expressed a little bit of uh, concern about getting in trouble with the uh, deaf community. We have very few deaf listeners. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now uh aaron That's will fair. be in trouble with the deaf community <laughs> right so why haven't taking... you done closed captioning yet you guys because yeah, yeah. yeah. it's audio only <laughs> oh yeah yeah, yeah. well actually I, so i started putting all so i i do tiktok as well and so i started doing all my tiktoks because uh, i did this one uh tiktok with a uh with sign language and so i got a lot more deaf followers and so they somebody inboxed me and they're like hey don't forget to turn on the closed caption so we can, yep. you know, see what you're saying. And I was like, oh, that's such a great reminder on how to be yeah. more inclusive. So, Absolutely. you know, I'm definitely starting to do that and making sure that, it, you know, I can I can reach each side of that community. So oh, good, good job. Yeah. Thank uh, you. I found that um, anytime I post anything to TikTok and so on myself, it's always first of all, it's just better, more inclusive to uh, turn on those closed captions. Mm -hmm. But also uh, so many people will watch uh, rather than listen. Yeah. And so having yeah. that, you know, because they do it, you know, they're, um, you know, uh, when when it's it's not appropriate to have audio playing and they don't have headphones <laughs> or whatever and that kind of thing. So yeah. you have to worry about that with this podcast. Not Listen so on a full blast. That's right. Yeah. Get your, get your headphones, crank it up in the car, wherever you are. Um, all right. Uh, now uh, you have two daughters. And as yes. you've said, they're beautiful. And um, you, uh, you know, have some unique challenges as a father of daughters. Certain things that you should do when you have your kids, like picking out uh, children's underwear. And you don't want to do that by yourself. <laughs> the one thing that I did find out is what's more disturbing than a single dad picking out children's underwear is what they put on the children's underwear, like down in the nether regions. And so I, uh, my kids love Dora the Explorer. So I was like, oh, I'll get an eight-pack of Dora the Explorer. So I grabbed it. And on the very first one, right down in the, the nether regions, it said, let's explore. <laughs> <laughs> let's not. <laughs> you know, there's the other one 
her cousin, it was Diego, he's like, hola, Zora. I was like, adios, Diego, you can get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now this is a, a classic example of how uh, at Clean Timing Time, we work with comics who perform clean material, not necessarily always working clean. And over the last four years, we've shared stages off and on. You don't always work clean. You can. I knew yeah. you could. I, you know, so... Um, you know, we could definitely work clean, definitely want to have you a part of the podcast. Um, but when the, the language turns and things like that, you know how to shape it differently. So for example, in that clip, we just heard, you didn't mention particular body parts. You just kind of said the nether regions. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that, and that makes it like that works. Um, so it's things like that, that, uh, as we, we talk to the comics who are going to come on on one of our shows or, or come on a, a podcast, we, we talk about, like, yeah, it's it's a little bit uh, different approach. You you uh, use some different language. And if your you're everyday walking around language is mostly clean, your comedy is going to be mostly clean um, and vice versa. You know, if, yeah. if your everyday walking around is all curse words, it's going to be a lot harder to try to pull off a clean show. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I mean, especially in my profession as well, right? So, um, you know, being being an HR manager, uh, you know, I, I I I say clean things every day at work. Uh, so actually, I write clean. All of my jokes start clean, and then when I turn it dirty, it's generally based on the crowd. Yeah. Uh, so, and Brian and Aaron, you've been to crowds where you know the occasional swear word may generate a laugh, or if you've had a couple mm-hmm. of raunchy comedians ahead of you, you may have to dirty it up a little bit to, to, you know, do that. But it's, it's interesting writing clean and then making it dirty. Um, it's easier for me. It's easier to, to write clean and make it dirty than write dirty and try to make it. Well, the time has come on our little podcast to take a break, but we'll be right back. Be sure to give us your review on Apple podcasts. So it's easier for people to find us and like us on all your podcast favorites. We'll be right back. Welcome back. And uh, David, thanks for sharing in that first half. That was cool to hear about your comedy journey and uh, personal life and history and whatnot. Uh, And you know me well, and you know that uh, I'm not ever scared to dig deep with people. And the second half we do uh, dig uh, a little bit deeper. We want to know what's going well in your life and also even some things that you're struggling with. So to start things off on the second half, what's going well for you? Wow, I feel like I should lay down on a couch here, Dr. Sorrells, right? (laughs) Uh, Things that are going well, um, both my kids are just, they're growing up so fast, and I love being a part of their lives, and I'm able to see the things that they enjoy. So my youngest daughter is in gymnastics, my oldest daughter loves to dance, Um, you know, she just got into middle school, and so it's just fun to see them uh, be good people. Right. That that's the biggest, you know, you get graded on whether or not how well you your kids do versus what you do. Right. So I always want to make sure that I was I was there for them, be a good parent. And uh so far, so good. Uh <laughs> although my, my youngest daughter, she's a little assertive, so she's probably gonna be a CEO or in a gang. What one or the other? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, <right. laughs> but no, same skill set. <laughs> yeah, exact same skill set. <laughs> <right? laughs> Running a complex organization. Right. Um 
no, but they, they're doing, you know, my kids are doing well, they're thriving. So it's, it's, I love seeing that. Right. Um, I love seeing the relationships that they're building with their peers. i like that. They're, you know, I, I get good feedback on the, on the teacher conferences. So that's, that's always been a bright spot for me. Uh, so yeah, that's the good, the, the beautiful side of my kids and, and seeing what, what they, what they accomplish, you know, each and every single week. Man, right off the bat here, like we, we talked earlier in the in the first segment on how you've got a reputation of being the nicest guy in comedy, you know, but immediately this comes through and, and it, just loud and clear. I mean, when I ask you what's going well, immediately your focus and attention goes to other people, goes to mm-hmm. your daughters and seeing them turn into uh, great people and, and that like. I love that about you, man. That's, oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, your your selflessness uh, comes through uh, to anytime you're in a room, anytime you're around. Your your sense of selflessness is admirable. Oh, thank you so much, Aaron. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Aaron so what would makes you, everybody or... uncomfortable with uh, how nice <laughs> he is to people. And then when the guest is nice and Aaron's being nice, it's just, right, I'm right. sitting over here going, look. <laughs> Aaron, yeah. I'm going to out nice you during this podcast. I will out nice you. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> we should put a poll up. Who is nicest, right? We'll do that. Well, well, you know, actually, when we talk about what's going well, I like to dig in and find out why. So, why are you nice, David? There. Wow, that's a that's a great question. I think it stems back from uh, being in the military, to be honest with you, and. Um, you know, when I was uh, when I was in the military, when I was at ROTC, I didn't want to become an officer. Uh, so I went to a military college and, you know, their strong personalities, alpha male really gets you far ahead. And, yeah. um, you know, I really relied on engagement. And um, it's so funny because they, mm. they talk about garrison and field. Um, and so when I went to advance camp, um, like I was probably the second to last person on the list order of merit list for my ROTC class. Mm-hmm. And then you go to this camp where you get nationally ranked. And then I came back from that camp and the, the leaders were like, what, what did you do out there? Like, <laughs> how are you this good? And I was like, I just like the field. Like I like being out in the field. I like running missions. That's, and, and so one of the NCOICs, which is non-commissioned, non-commissioned officer in charge, he said, you're just a, you're a soldier, soldier, you're a field soldier. And, um, I did, I almost wasn't an officer because uh, I had such a bad experience with some of the officers through ROTC. And then I had a sit down conversation with my dad. Um, who was enlisted and then turned officer. And he said, you know, listen, why don't you want to become one? I was like, well, dad, a lot of them are jerks. And he's mm-hmm. like, so don't be one. He's oh. like, that's a, that's a choice. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. Know? Yeah. He's like, everybody likes competent leadership. You don't have to be, a, you know, in certain parts of, of looking at the military, I was like, well, these people have been rewarded for, uh, you know, not caring about their soldier. And I didn't want to be that way. And then, so I, when I talked to my dad about that, he's like, yeah, man, be a, a good officer and be someone that listens to their soldiers and is there for their soldiers and, you know, leads through engagement, not through corporal punishment. And I think that really uh, set me on a straight and narrow, um, and, you know, and just trying to help and inspire others. So I think that's, that's where I get the piece about being so nice. And, um, and also I, you know, I see a lot of negativity in comedy. Um, Mm, and so I like to combat that, right. I like to combat that with, you know, talking nice about people telling, you know, um, when I first came out to the scene, uh, the Kalamazoo scene was great. I had comics come up to me saying, Hey, I love this. You can punch this up like this. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And I got so much positive feedback that I really appreciated. I started doing the same, 
Um, I, it's some, some comics don't like it. So I always start with a, Hey, do you mind if I, I was like, do you, would you like some feedback? Cause I, I, I love what you said here and, you know, help other people punch up their jokes. And, um, so I saw that right when I first started comedy, I, I loved it. I loved how supportive it was. And then as you get deeper into comedy, um, jealousy, there's, there's a lot of jealousy yeah. out there. So I refuse to get dragged down by, by the jealousy, right? Everybody's careers are going to progress at a different pace. And I think people should just, you know, learn and understand that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, man. Yeah. You, you said a lot there. You, you said engagement <laughs> several times uh, during that. That's what, what does engagement mean? Yeah. So engagement for me is um, when you're able to get other people to operate, not just from um, a tactical standpoint, right. Or just not operate from uh, how they're going to achieve something, how we're all going to achieve something. Like Ooh. I love being, yeah. Whoa. Hold on. I know, right? no. yeah. <laughs> Whoa. So where did this definition come from? Cause that's probably the best definition I've ever heard of uh, uh, in regards to engagement. <laughs> did you just think that up or is that a military thing? Where, where'd that no. come from? I'm spitballing right now. I'm just spitballing. Like I'm kind of like Eminem when it comes to engagement, right? Just let me go with it. David Steves, the Eminem of engagement. (laughs) I did teach a lot of leadership and leadership in action. And, um, you know, I've been graded on engagement ever since I came into the corporate world, world. Mm, Um, and engagement, something that we haven't really started, um, measuring until the late nineties. So when we got to the early 2000s, uh, the company that I was with did a lot of work with Gallup. And, um, Mm -hmm. you know, what what does an engaged workforce look like? And, you know, how do you delegate and, you know, proper delegation and things like that? Because a lot of people will delegate the crap stuff they don't want to do, especially a lot of leaders. They're like, ah, this is this is a worthless task. And really what we should look is the array of our team. Who can benefit from doing which task? And it may be a task that gives them, you know, exposure. It may be a task that gives them, you know, uh, the the different uh, line of sight to other um, other spots in the corporation. And so I've always gone through and said, hey, if I'm going to delegate something, I'm going to delegate meaningful tasks, right? Yeah. That that raises engagement. So, yeah. um, you know, working with leadership development teams and things like that, that's, that's kind of been my forte. So... Um, but yeah, I've always really leaned on that engagement piece. Um, I read the book fish, um, actually the company that I came to after the army, they sent it to me beforehand and they said, read this book. Cause this is what we expect of our leaders. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is me to a T like <laughs> nice. just high energy getting out there, making sure. Cause you know, Marlon Jones, who's my very first company commander, um, said it best when we have to come up with like our, um, you know, our evaluations, our officer evaluations. And I spent like 16 hours on it. I, printed it out. It was thick. He was like, Hey, come out to the back with me. And I was like, all right. And I was like, here you go, sir. It's all set. I spent a lot of time on it. And he throws it off the balcony. And I was like, okay. He goes, goes, you're only going to be successful. You take care of your people, take care of your people, everything else, the metrics, the, you know, the, the, everything else will fall into line. And so I was like, oh, I took that with, you know, and I learned that early on in my career, which is great. And so I've, I've attributed, you know, I've attached that and I, I hold on to those uh, little, little lollipop moments is what we like to call them. And that's from a Drew Dudley uh, Ted talk. So I can't steal that one, but (laughs) these little lollipop moments. So look him up if you can, but yeah, so that's in with comedy, right? There, there is so much out there for all of us to be a part of. I think people get so upset of, well, I didn't get this and I didn't get that. And I didn't get this show. Well, let's all work together. Let's get you to that next show. Let's get you to yeah. where you want to be. Right. Cause we're, I mean, there's plenty of seats at the table. We're all able to eat. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's uh wow, man. So it's it's really interesting to hear you talk about that. Like what what propelled you towards being nice? And it sounds like both seeing bad examples and good examples, both of those things propelled you towards being nice. <laughs> yeah. I always think of the tombstone theory, right? What are they going to put on your tombstone? Sausage and, that's what you and pepperoni. Sausage, ah! sausage and pepperoni. <laughs> you are living that chubby guy mafia life, yes. Brian. I love it. <laughs> like, do they even make tombstone pizza anymore? I just, they do. They I was do. immediately I'm a there. kind of guy, you know. Okay, right. I got. Got to stay true to my mafioso roots. <laughs> no, but I think that's. A, I think that's a big. You know, that's 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 really a large part of it. It's just, you know, making time for others and. And uh, making sure that we all have, you know, a spot at the table. Yeah, yeah, and and it's it, it's hard to do as somebody who you know I I do that as well, and and it's um it's hard to have that abundance mentality to where whatever we have we want to share, um, and like you're talking about because it's it's easy to see an opportunity and be jealous about it, or to mm-hmm. to see see something and think I've got to grab that, but to to kick into that selfless mindset and, and try to share opportunities and, and push other people forward and, and, and all that. That's, I, I see that in you big time, man. Well, and I see it in you and Brian as well, Aaron. I mean, your podcast, right? Your branding, it's all about giving opportunities to, you know, to folks like me as well. So, you know, we appreciate what you bring back to the, to the comedy community and, you know, just moving forward and trying to give those great opportunities. I mean, there's so much out there for everyone to grow, develop, learn, and, uh, you know, we're getting better. I, you know, we're all getting better and I've fallen into that negative mindset sometimes like, Oh, how come I didn't get booked for this show? Or how come I get booked for that show? And then I take a look back, right. And say, well, am I writing enough? Do I have enough new material? Uh, is some of my material edgy enough Did did I, did I lose my, did I lose my clean writing streak? Right. Let me go back to my roots. Right. And try to reconfigure some of these old jokes. So right, there's, right. you know, it's uh, Stephen Covey. Uh, which you've probably all read, you know, circle of influence, circle of concern. I, I can't deal with the circle of concern. I have to deal with the things that only I can control. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, there's, there's a phrase in the land of recovery uh, or a, a, a prayer, if you will, uh, the serenity prayer, God grant me the mm-hmm. serenity uh, to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. Uh, yes. That's, that's <laughs> Maybe Covey, uh, he might have been a recovery guy. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, those true words have never been spoken, right? Those are those are wonderful to go by. Well, uh, to tell you the truth, David, I figured that that first part would be the easy part uh, because <laughs> both you and I are pretty positive, optimistic uh, type folks. So to talk about what's going well is is kind of easy for us. But uh, uh, what do you think about uh, something that is not going so well? Uh, yeah, Aaron, this is going to be tough because I don't like to live in the pessimistic side of life. But what what I can tell you is, so I recently got a new job, right? So I got a new job in October and it's it's a very demanding job. And, you know, Things things are are intense and fast paced and um you know creating that work life balance between you know my children work and of course comedy so I'm being stretched pretty thin um you know and uh, I've I've haven't been able to do as many shows as I would like to have done um I haven't been able to hit as many open mics as I would like to hit and uh, you know so for all the good things that happen you know there's those external pressures that really 
that we all face. Um, and it's about prioritization and, uh, you know, putting the things you want ahead of there. And, um, so that, that one's been the toughest cause you know, I got, you know, I got some not so great feedback that someone's like, man, you look tired. Uh, and you know, mm. when you come in in the morning, I'm like, yeah, I worked 13 hours yesterday and then I did an open mic and I got home at, you know, midnight or one o'clock and I woke up at four o'clock to come in and do a, a presentation. Right. So yeah, right. I'm, I'm a little right. tired. <laughs> right. right. Um, so, so that's probably the part that I'm struggling with the most now is the uh, work life balance, work kid life balance and making sure that I I'm successful in all aspects. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I mean, there's gotta be a give somewhere in there, but that's the one, one part I'm struggling with. Is that something that you've, you've dealt with in your, in your career as well? Yeah. Yeah. And in fact, you know, people that are friendly, optimistic, wanting other people's people to succeed. Um, we also can be categorized as people pleasers. Mm. And, and that's a tough spot to be because we often will put ourselves last when it comes to our health and sanity mm -hmm. um, and we'll just go and go and go. And yeah, I can, I can relate totally to what you're talking about. And, and I'll tell you, we have to have people around us that can say, listen, you are valuable. Your value lies in who you are, not in what you do. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to put up boundaries mm. and say, I'm going to keep my priorities where they need to be. And I'm going to say no to some things. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, because you can't, you can't burn the candle on both ends and expect to be the the perfect person for all of those roles, right? We have so many roles right. that we, we have to be successful in and you got to pick like, dad is the one I'm not going to sacrifice. That's, yeah. that's yep. a given. Well, um, and you, and you, <laughs> you talked about priorities and you listed them off. You listed them off in order of your priorities and your kids were first yeah. and then work and then comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's tough to put comedy third. Cause I love it so much. I, I know it. I, I hear it, you. Doesn't, it doesn't pay the bills. <laughs> right. No, I, I hear you. I hear you. And it's uh, like boundaries. It's, it's, uh, it's so important. I mean, this, this is something that, you know, I mean, you could probably hear it in my voice. This is something that I, that has been front and center in my world right now. Cause you, you know, I think you, you might know I've jumped into the metaverse and I've built out this virtual reality comedy club. Uh, and it's it's one of the most uh, traveled to destinations in in the whole metaverse. Uh, we have oh, ten thousand people a week that uh, come through the comedy club, and and we we now have shows that are starting every night of the week. And when we don't have shows, we have twenty four seven open mics that are running, and we have musicians coming through, comedians coming through, and and all of this stuff. And at the same time, we have the drama. You know, we, we have an incredibly diverse group of people that, that butt heads from oh, time wow. to time. We, we have jealousy that comes up from time to time. We, we have all these things and, and like, I want to just throw myself into it and fix it. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I, I just have to put up boundaries and say, you know what? Um, it's okay that things aren't perfect. It's okay that I'm not giving a hundred percent of this because um, I can prioritize my wife. I can prioritize my health, my sleep, and and not do everything a hundred percent of the time. So, so thank you for sharing that, David. Because 
you really helped me flesh out some things there. So, <laughs> well, and you know, I, I'm appreciative to do that because, you know, a couple of years ago when I first started in comedy, I didn't really have my priorities straight. Like I was, I was intaking a lot of alcohol and I know, mm. you know, it, it came almost to a detriment. Um, you know, I, obviously I never did it, you know, around my kids, but when I was at an open mic or something along those lines, I was, I was putting in, quite a few. And, and when other comics are like, man, that guy drinks a lot. It's like, well, that's not good. Um, <laughs> yeah, you don't want comics yeah. noticing how much you're drinking. That's, right? that's a red flag. Yeah. That's a, that's a red flag. <laughs> so no, but I'm very thankful for Aaron because I reached out to Aaron because I, I knew about his, his journey and you gave me so much great advice. And, you know, now I've, I've come to terms with it and I've been able to put that as like the very, very least priority, right? It's not a priority anymore. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't drink during the week. I don't drink at mics anymore. Um, you know, and that's been a really good thing for me. Wow, um, it's, 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 it's made my, my mind sharper. It's, it's allows me to enjoy the other comics more because mm-hmm. you're not going up for that drink, right? You're sitting right there, now. you're listening and you're enjoying and yeah. I finally got back to that. And that was, that was a struggle there for the first couple of years of comedy. And I know Aaron uh, was there for me when I went through that. So I just want to say thank you for that as well. Wow, man. Uh, thanks for that feedback. You know, oftentimes <laughs> when, you know, I'll share my story or, or talk to somebody and you never know how it, how it lands, how it gels. Um, and that means a lot to hear that, that that was impactful. Now, years later, thinking back on it, that that was a, a good conversation, a valuable conversation. So, Oh, a huge turning point. Yeah. Huge turning point for me. I mean, I still, wow. I'll still drink a beer on the weekends, right? But right, not, yeah. what, not what I was. And so for me, that reduction was really helpful. Man, I'm proud of you. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. thanks, Aaron. <laughs> wow, man. That's, that is, that's one of the most difficult things somebody can do is to humble themselves to the point of asking for help or asking for advice and then actually implementing it. Man, I'm proud of you. Thank you so much. Well, you made it so easy. You're such an easy person to talk to. And I told you I was going to out nice you on this podcast. So I think <laughs> I have officially accomplished it. No, but I think, I think it's great for everybody to hear, you know, how helpful you were in that and, uh, and, and how that changed, you know, changed my life for the better. So I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, David, uh, other than uh, people uh, <laughs> accidentally calling you uh, Steve, David, <laughs> Steve, it happens so much. All the, uh, <laughs> the guy with two first names. You what? can't trust them. You can't yeah. trust them. You can't trust them. <laughs> um, if people wanted to find David Steves and uh, bring him to a comedy show or have him perform or corporate speaking or all any whatever else you have going on how how would uh, somebody get a hold of you yeah so they can catch up with me um my email obviously is david at dementedpeach.com because i'm part of the demented peach family so that's that's my comedy email so if you want to get a hold of me there you can or i'm just david steves on facebook and uh you'll see you'll see my screenshot probably just me and my girls um but uh mm-hmm. on, t- on tiktok i am cgm underscore comedy so i'm riding that wave um i don't use twitter so much but it's got the same handle and then of course instagram is also that same handle so i i finally got the to get that cgm comedy thing in place and now facebook won't let me change my name to it so (laughs) (laughs) thanks zuckerberg Uh, (laughs) (laughs) for for my page when i finally uh got my branding straight on all my other platforms uh when i applied for a name change of a page i 
said, this is my page name at all these other platforms. I want my Facebook page name to agree with it. And, and I had been trying to get it changed for two years and um, never got anywhere. They're like, nope, this violates community standards. Nope, 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 nope. Always no. And then I came back with here. Here's where I am everywhere else. It's my website. It's my Instagram. It's my uh, everything. And I just, you know, showed them here are the links. Here's these things. I want to change this page name. And within an hour changed. Like what? What? So, uh, yeah. So I encourage you to, um, if you really want to get that change, then, uh, that, Anyway, a little social yeah, media no, strategy there. Yeah, because your um, branding is beautiful. I love the Atkinson. <laughs> that is so brilliant. Oh, it thank really you. is, Ryan. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, well, when your last name is Atkinson, then you can Atkinson <laughs> all you want. And, um, and then <laughs> Brian A. Comedian, just because it's Brian A. Like we have, you mentioned Brian Borbot earlier, Brian B. Yeah. Uh, who's my neighbor. If I look out the window. There he is. Yeah, I can see his house. Uh, but uh, he's Brian B. So I'm Brian A. And Brian A. Comedian, uh, you know. Anyway, uh, so uh, people can get a hold of you on social media, um, email address. And um, and then we'll also make sure we post a link to Demented Peach uh, in general. Um, what else? Do you got anything coming up? Anything that uh, if people wanted to come see you, uh, where, where would they find you? Yeah, so I'm actually taking a break at the end of March, uh, believe it or not. I know, I'm taking the kids to Florida to see the grandparents. Oh, um, nice. so Yeah, that no, I'm just really excited for that. But you can also catch us, especially in, in April. So the first Thursday of every month, we're at Presidential Brewing Company. I host that show. Um, the first Friday of every month, we're at uh, Main Street Pub on Gull Road here in Kalamazoo. That is a, we bring in feature comedians. We do four feature comedians. I host that as well. And then of course the third Saturday of every month, we're back at presidential for our paid shows. And we have a great summer uh, comedy series coming up. We've got headliners from all over the state of Michigan. We call it our homegrown headliners. Uh, presidential Brewing Company has been an amazing partner with us. They're putting a huge stage outside. We can fit up to hundred and 150 people out there. That's awesome. Um, so we did a trial run last year in October. It was cold, but we loved it. Uh, people brought their blankets and their foldy chairs. Uh-huh, it, cool. it was really incredible. And so, uh, you know, the Thursday, uh, the, uh, the the Thursday night show at Presidential starts at eight o'clock. But the Saturday one, we push it a little bit later because there are some kiddos in the area and want to be cognizant. And we always announce right before our show starts because a lot of those shows are are not uh, clean comedy. Uh, so you will get <laughs> you will get an array of comedy there. For sure. um, yeah, but uh, so you, you can catch us uh, doing those all through the summer. So please hop on out, enjoy your show, uh, come say hi. I love this. I love to say hello, and uh, yeah, get out and support live local comedy. This is yeah. what we do. I have been down to a uh, presidential brewing company show. I've performed at uh, one of the open mic shows, and uh, it's a lovely room. Uh, great potential mm-hmm. there as well. So yeah, terrific, and of course. Uh, at the uh, end of April, uh, you, you will be uh, performing with us a- on a Clean Comedy Time show at the yes! Playhouse at White Lake, uh, it, which is in Whitehall, Michigan, uh, north of Muskegon, if you're uh, trying to picture where that is. That's um, uh, a show we've uh, performed at the at the Playhouse before, and they're having us back, and we're very excited to have you there with us. So um, Thank you. Yeah, oh, I cannot wait. 
Yeah. That's going to be uh, one of my first theater shows. So I'm really yeah. excited for that. Uh, I cannot a... wait to get that crowd rolling. I tell <laughs> you. It's, it's such a good ro- room. Yeah. You're going to love it. You're going to love the people yeah. there, the setup. Nicest yeah. green room in all of comedy, I think. Yeah. And there's oh, a good wow. ice cream store oh, nearby yeah. too, so there's that. Oh, yeah. Look at well, we'll, we'll stay true to the name there. Uh, better than, is, well, so when I got to perform at Mark Ridley's, I was like, I was expecting the green room to be like, it's a small room. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's tiny. I was like, oh yeah. man, this is this is tight quarters, you know. Yeah. Well, so I'm excited there, for a nice big green room. And oh, is there anything yeah. I can bring? What, what, what kind of snacks do you? It's, so yeah. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a snacks Costco kind of dad. What kind of sure. snacks? Ooh, do you guys yeah, need? yeah. Casserole, Costco, a yeah. Casserole or something. Yeah. A casserole. <laughs> Brian, I don't know that you know how snacks work. I, I, I'm much more of a main course uh, guy myself. So. Well, they got some David, bakes. David, thank you so much for being on our show on, on the podcast, and we're looking forward to performing with you at the end of April in Whitehall. Cannot wait to share the stage with both of you again. Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Clean Comedy Time Podcast. We bring comedians together performing their clean material at showcases, fundraisers, and other events. Our shows are free from course language and topics. They work for anyone, anywhere. Check out cleancomedytime.com to find an upcoming show or to bring Clean Comedy Time to you. 